on Palama Roadway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay, so the last four podcasts, I've been talking all about Innistrad. Today, I believe it's going to be the final Innistrad pod- podcast. Because I'm hoping it's going to be. I think it's going to be. I have a lot to do and not a lot of time, so we'll get to it. Okay, Reckless Waif is a 1-1 human rogue werewolf for a single red mana, and it turns into a 3-2 werewolf. Um, one of the things we tried to do when we made the werewolves is do we, uh, fill what we call a curve, which is you want to make sure when you give players a deck that there's things to play at all the different mana costs. So with the werewolf deck, we were very conscious of saying, okay, is there a one-drop, is there a two-drop, is there a three-drop? Uh, and the idea is if you play red-green, which is where all the werewolves lie, um, we made sure that there, we hit things at all the different things. So this is the one-drop. This is the one-drop. It's a one-one, but hey... Um, one of the really nice things about this thing is, on turn one, if I play it, my opponent might not have a turn one drop. If they don't, bam! All of a sudden, it's a 3-2. So this thing has the ability... The Werewolf deck is not necessarily a fast deck. It's a little more mid-range. Um, but cards like this allow it, at, at times, to become very fast. Like, if you get some waste early and your opponent can't play spells, uh, they can waste can do a lot of damage very quickly. Rooftop Storm, 5U Enchantment. You may pay zero to cast a zombie. So what that means is zombies are free. Um, so the idea of this spell was it's expensive, but if you play it, then it doesn't cost anything to play zombies. Uh, and so the idea is Rooftop Storm, we're doing a little Frankenstein uh, nod here. Um, but the idea is if you're, if you're, sci- you're a scientist or a wizard and working in your lab, and then if you're making your zombies, well, you know, this will help you make zombies for free. It's, it's a combo card with zombies. Um, it's expensive, so it, zombies are never meant to be a rush, but the idea is zombies are meant to allow you to swarm your opponent with zombies, and so this card allows you to do that in a slightly different way. And there's some fun combos that, that you can do with Rooftop Storm. Swarm. Storm. <laughs> Not swarm. Storm. Okay, next. Runic Repetition. So it's a sorcery for two and a blue. Return Exiled card with Flashback to your hand. Okay. I do not like this card. I did not make this card. This card was not in my design. This card was added in development. Um, my belief on the Exile Zone is the Exile Zone is meant for things to go away. Um, I don't want you being able to get back things from your Exile. When things go to your Exile Zone, they should stay in your Exile Zone. You should not be able to get things back from your own Exile Zone. Anyway, uh, what color would this be if we did it? I'm not going to give it a color. But like, is this a blue thing? No, nah, it's not supposed to be a blue thing. It's supposed to be a nobody thing. So, anyway. Um, I mean, this ability does limit itself. The whole point of this is to allow you to get an extra boost off your flashback cards. I, I understand the intent. Um, I wish there was word in such a way that um, instead of exiling your flashback cards, they did something different. I don't know. I, I, I wish there was a way in which it helps you with flashback to get more uses out of flashback without getting things back from the Exile Zone, only because I don't like things coming back from the Exile Zone, uh, from your Exile Zone. Anyway, okay. Screeching Bat. Um, Screeching Bat is two and a black for a 2-2 bat. Um, the beginning of upkeep, uh, for two black black, you, tap, you can tap it and transform it into a stalking vampire, which is a 5-5 five, five vampire. So this one, all of our double-faced cards are definitely doing... Um, are definitely doing this transformational thing. And uh, this was one... Most of them are innocent on one side and sort of not so innocent on the other side. This is one in which both sides... Uh, both sides are the monster, essentially. The idea we're playing into is just that uh, vampires can turn into bats. Um, you've seen that if you ever watch some vampire flicks. 
Uh, and so this is just a vampire that can turn into a bat. Well, why would you want to turn into a bat? Well, for starters, you start as, you start as a bat. Uh, turning into a vampire is the first thing you have to do. But um, bats can fly, so they have evasion. So the idea is, do I want to have... It's a 2-2 evasive creature or a 5-5 ground creature. And the nice thing about it is, hey, sometimes you want a bigger creature, 5-5 is better, but sometimes the, gown, the ground's all gummed up. You know what's better? It's a 2-2 flying creature. And so it's kind of neat. Now, this is one of the weird things. We decided to do sun and moon on sun for the front side and moon for the back side, probably to play up with the innocent versus not-so-innocent. Problem with this card is this card, both sides take place at night. In fact, the front side of the card, which has the, um, the bat on it, both of them are, are silhouetted into the moon. It's like, it's the sun side of the card, except there's a moon pictured in it. It's a fine trivia question, which is, what sun side pictures a moon? The answer is screeching bat. Okay, next, Selhoff Oculus. Occultist, sorry. Uh, Selhoff Occultist is 2U for a 2-3 human rogue. Um, and if it or another, car, uh, another creature dies, target player mills one. Um, and so the idea of this card is, it's just a, we like making mill decks. This is a different kind of mill deck. It's a mill deck where um, you need creatures. Um, I actually, I made a card way long ago, back in Tempest, called Altar of Dementia where it required you having creatures in a mill deck. Because it used to be, what a mill deck used to be long ago, was a deck in which um, you had no creatures, and it, you just, it was a, usually a control deck, and then the win condition was, I mill you out. And so I keep you from doing anything, and I mill you out. And we've started making more and more mill cards over the years to say, you know what, let's mix things up a bit. That the, the harsh control where I mill you out, okay, we've done it, let's try some other stuff. And this card definitely says, okay, let's, let's play with creatures, and the neat thing about this is... Um, target player mills. So you can put it in your own deck and do fun mill strategies with your own deck, or I can turn an offensive my opponent if I need to. Um, and so this, this, it's neat that this card can do a bunch of different things, because this is a set in which sometimes you want to mill yourself and sometimes you want to mill your opponent. Okay, Sharpened Pitchfork. Uh, it's an artifact equipment. Uh, it costs two mana. Uh, equipped creature has first strike, and if human, plus one, plus one. Um, also, it's uh, equip one. So one of the things we did, white has already had a, um, a equip, white is the color that likes equipment, because white's the army color that, you know, they like having their weapons. Um, but we decided that the humans, we needed to give the humans some advantage here. Uh, and so in horror films, uh, the, the source of our inspiration, uh, humans often tend to fend off with whatever is at hand. So all the equipment in um, Innistrad, the rule was it had to have some other purpose, meaning it functionally had to do something, and the idea was the person, when, when in trouble, would make use of it. Uh, and then humans, we decided, you know what? Humans are, if you watch the horror movies, they're king of making weapons out of whatever is at hand. And so we, we put the little rider, so a whole bunch of the equipment has a bonus if you're human. Um, and just a, a little extra thing to, to give a little flavor to the set. Um, Sharpened Pitchfork, by the way, was one of the ones... Um, if you've ever seen any uh, Frankenstein movies, you know that the peasants always come with sharpened pitchforks and, and torches. So the set has, of course, sharpened pitchforks and torches. So uh, um, there's definitely a lot. There's a lot of nods we did, uh, and sharpened pitchforks is one of them. As soon as we, we kind of knew what we were doing, it's like, you know, hey, well, the humans are going to have sharpened pitchforks and torches. That, that's just what they have. Okay, next is Scob Ruinator. Uh, Scob Ruinator costs one blue blue. For a 5-6, you heard me, a 5-6, uh, it's a zombie horror, and you have an additional cost of ex uh, exiling three creature cards from your graveyard. Uh, it is flying, and it can be cast from the grave. 
So what this was is we wanted to be a very scary um, zombie. Now the scobs, remember, are the blue zombies, which are the Franken-style zombies, which are um, the, the scientists of this world, the wizards, have used their magic to stitch together dead body parts and they've made a monster. Well, this one, you need a lot of dead body parts. That's why you need to exile three creature cards. But, you know what? If your opponent destroys it, well, if you get some more body parts, you can fix it. And so you can keep, uh, you can keep playing it again and again. And so this definitely is, is, plays into the more blue zombie strategy where you're trying to mill yourself and get stuff in your graveyard. Um, there really is a difference between... The, there's a blue zombie strategy, a black zombie strategy, and kind of a blue-black zombie strategy. Um, I was very happy that... Uh, there's a couple of different ways to play zombies. They're all sort of slow-controlling, overwhelm you things, but they play out a little differently. And the, the blue ones using research of the graveyard, or the black one, tends to just bringing zombies back. So they're a little bit different. I mean, they're both similarly flavored to zombies, but they're a little bit different. Okay, next. Skurstag Cultist. Two red-red for two-two human shaman. Uh, red and tap and sack. Uh, your creature deals two damage to, um, to creature or player. Um, so the idea here is... Um, I'm sorry, two tap sack a creature, not necessarily this creature. You can sack this creature, um, but sack a creature. And the idea is um, there was a sacrifice theme that went on in uh, Red and Black. Um, And the idea is uh, Red and Black, you know, there's a lot of cult activities going on, and some people like to sacrifice things, and so there's a little bit of sacrifice theme going on that you can build. Um, And this is definitely one of those cards that just adds a lot of flavor, and there's a sort of deck strategy that you can build with it, so... You know, kind of a fun. Skurzdag High Priest. One black for a 1-2 human cleric. It has morbid, and its morbid ability is tap, tap two untapped creatures to put a 5-5 demon token onto the battlefield. And the idea here is, okay, I'm, a, I'm the high priest. I need to, uh, first off, I need some, someone to have died because uh, I need to, you know, I'm a cultist. And I need to have some cult followers, so I need to tap some creatures. So it's like, the, the high priest has to get some followers, but once they get some followers and get the dead body, you know, you can summon, you can summon the demon. Um, and this is another one of the morbid things that weren't morbid when you played it, they were morbid when you activated it. That I can't activate it unless this is true. Um, most of the morbid stuff, especially at lower rarities, had to do with uh, enter the battlefield, just like check at the time you do something, but we had a few at higher rarities that could do this. Next, Slayer of the Wicked. 3W for a 2-2 human soldier. When it enters the battlefield, you destroy target vampire, werewolf, or zombie. Um, so one of the tropes we played up a lot, and there's a bunch of cards that do this trope, is the idea of the monster hunter. Um, Van Helsing type thing. And so we definitely played up um, that. And uh, the way I've talked about before, that the way we decided, when we wanted to talk about um, monsters, either we said non-human or we said vampire, werewolf, or zombie. Uh, and this one, because it's destroying, white does not proactively destroy very often. Normally, it's reactively destroying. But it's like, okay, if you are a monster, I can kill a monster. So if you're a vampire or a werewolf or a zombie... Um, and this card was really interesting in Limited, just because sometimes it mattered whether you're a monster, sometimes it matters if you're not. Uh, and if you're white, it's sort of like, this guy can hold off. Now, he's not good against other humans. He's not good against spirits. You know, this, there's a lot of threats in Innistrad he can't answer. But he does answer the major monster threats. Snapcaster Mage. One in a blue for a 2-1 human wizard. It has flash. When it enters the battlefield, target instant or sorcery in your graveyard gains flashback equal to its mana cost until end of turn. So this card was made by Tiago Chan. The wit Chan. Chan? Chan. Tiago Chan. The winner of the last Invitational. Uh, the one that it took place at Essen. 
um, in Germany, Essenspiel, which is the largest game convention in the world. Um, so what happened was, Tiago won, he turned in a card that wasn't usable, and then the Invitational got cancelled, and I think I was in denial. This card took forever to get made. Um, I, I'm, I'm the cause. Why? Because I was dragging my feet a little bit. I, I think in my head, I kind of felt like maybe I could get the Invitational started up again, and maybe if I took a, maybe if I took a little bit of time, then by the time this came out, then I could start the Invitational up, and it would feel like you know, I don't know. Or maybe I was like, if I don't make this card yet, the Invitational isn't over. For some reason, I, I just, I dragged my feet on getting this card out. Um, it eventually got made. I know that um, Zach Dolan worked with Tiago to, to get a card they liked. Uh, my one contribution to the card was, originally it allowed you to cast a spell out of your graveyard. And I said, hey, we have flashback. Let's just use that technology. So uh, my, my big contribution to the card is just, uh, instead of just casting card out of your graveyard, it gives a flashback to instant or sorcery of your graveyard. Um, pretty minor. It worked, worked mostly the same. It just made use of a mechanic that we had in the set. Um, uh, the one thing I wish I had done, looking back, is I wish when Tiago turned it in, uh, I wish I had asked him if he would have minded us doing this in red. I think this card would have been a little more interesting in red and given red a little more to do in some older formats and it kind of need, needs it in some regard. So... Uh, Flash is not quite red. Maybe, I mean, every color gets flash in a pinch, so maybe it, maybe this card could just exist in red. Maybe it is has haste and it's a little bit different. I'm not sure, uh, but anyway, I one of these days, uh, if we're going to do a card like this again, I'd rather do it in red than blue. So, Okay, Spectral Flight, 1U, Enchantment Aura. Enchantment Creature gets plus 2, plus 2, and flying. This card was pushed by development. Um, I think the card existed. We... we and this card was something like, I'm a ghost, or something with a design name. Like, ooh, I'm a ghost. Um, and uh, it was just meant to be a, a, something to boost. We, blue and white had this flying thing, so the idea of giving an aggressive flying aura felt good. Uh, development made it a little more aggressive than we expected. This thing actually showed up constructed, so it is a very aggressive aura. Spectral Rider, WW22 Spirit Knight with Intimidate. So one of the things when we made Intimidate, so we used to have the keyword fear, which only went on black creatures, because it specifically said, I can only be blocked by artifact creatures and black creatures. And Intimidate sort of took fear and just broadened it out. It said, I can only be blocked by artifact creatures and creatures that match a color with me. Um, and so in Innistrad, we said, you know what? Everything, there's a lot of things that are scare, scary and fear make people afraid of them. Let's use Intimidate a little more. So this is, might be the only white card with Intimidate. I mean, there's a card way, way back when that essentially has Intimidate, but it doesn't have Intimidate written on it. Um, way back in the day where someone was just doing Fear but for white. Uh, it's one of the inspirations for Intimidate, so anyway. Um, so Spectre Rider was just meant to be kind of a, hey, I'm a scary, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't think it was headless, but a headless horseman kind of thing, but with a head, a head full horseman. Spider Spawning, Sorcery, four and a green, so five mana. Make a one-two spider token with reach equal to the cards in your graveyard. And you could flashback it for six and a black. So this card had to, was doing all sorts of goody, good work. Uh, it's the green-black flashback, you know, flashback crossover card. Um, it also was a limited archetype. It was designed to give you something to do with black and green. So black and green um, both have a graveyard-centric. If you ever played Golgari, you know, the black and green are the graveyard colors. So green cared about the graveyard. Black cared about the graveyard. Both green and black had some means to get things into the graveyard. Uh, and this definitely was a card that sort of uh, played into that deck of get a lot of things in your graveyard and then make a lot of spiders. Um, there was a big debate, by the way. Originally, the spiders 
um, didn't have reach, and then we're like, oh, spiders need to have reach, or in green, spiders tend to have reach, so we ended up putting reach on it. Um, but anyway, it's, it's definitely a, uh, I think this card, by the way, in design was called arachnophobia, based on the movie about all the spiders everywhere. Okay, next, Splinter, fr- splinter Fright. Uh, two and a green for Star Star Elemental, Trample. Its power and toughness are equal to creature cards in your graveyard. And beginning of your upkeep, you mill two cards. So this is a Lurgoyf. Uh, Lurgoyf was a creature that first appeared in Ice Age. Lurgoyf was star, star plus one, and it was equal to the number of creature cards in all graveyards. Um, and so this was meant to be uh, a sort of cleaned up modern, uh, a modern Lurgoyf. Now, it's a little cheaper. It doesn't have star plus one, and it only counts your graveyard. It doesn't count both graveyards. Because uh, green's big thing is wanting your graveyard to be full. Um, black cares a little more about your opponent's graveyard being full. Because black likes killing things. Green doesn't kill things at the rate black does. Next, Stitcher's Apprentice. One and a blue, two mana, for a 1-2 homunculus. For one blue tap, put a 2-2 two, two homunculus uh, onto the battlefield, a token, and then sacrifice a creature. So a lot of people are like, what's going on? Uh, and this card can do a bunch of different things. The reason this card was made originally, I made this card because I wanted to trigger Morbid. And the idea here was, in a vacuum, even if you have no creatures, this card triggers Morbid. But, a little confusing to people, so we changed it up a little bit. So now it's like, oh, well, I make a creature, and then I have to sacrifice a creature. Now, let's say I have a 1-1. One, one. Well, I can make a 2-2 two, two and then sacrifice a 1-1. One, one. So this card also allows you to upgrade smaller creatures into 2-2s. Two, so the card has a functionality beyond just triggering Morbid. Um, but it's fine. You, I've definitely had the thing where I make the token and sacrifice the token I'm making just so I can trigger my Morbid because it's the smallest creature I got. Sturmgeist, three blue-blue, star-star spirit, flying, power and toughness equal to cards in hand, and if you deal combat damage, draw. So this is the Morrow ability. So the Morrow ability is in blue and green. Um, uh, this one is done in blue, obviously. So this is a thing that cares about how big your hand is, and it gives you a way to fill your hand up by doing damage. So... This is a Morrow that can grow. Um, usually Morrows are flavored a little bit differently. Uh, blue, blue has less, like, green Green's the color of variants that can get bigger with time, where blue has some, uh, cares about cards in hand, so they sort of overlap in the Morrow area. Okay, Thraben Sentry, 3W22 Human Soldier with Vigilance. When creature you control dies, transform, and it turns into a 5-4 Human Soldier with Trample. Okay, of all the double-faced cards in the set, this is the one that upsets me the most. Why? Because they're all built around um, tropes, horror tropes. And this horror trope got changed during development because it was too close to another card. But I was mad because I wish the other card got changed and not the double-faced card that's the trope. What this card was supposed to be on the front side was uh, was a um, uh, concerned citizens that are worried... And then on the backside, some, some, someone dies, and they turn into a crazy mob. This was supposed to be the mob, sc- where, like, the villagers turn into the mob, uh, the angry mob. And so the front was, like, concerned villagers. You know, they have vigilance, they're looking out. And then the back, they get mad instead of interest. Now they have trample. And they got turned into, like, a soldier. But, like, that isn't a trope. So this is the only double-faced card, because the only one that got changed, that isn't doing a uh, horror trope. So, um, not that the card doesn't tell a little bit of story. It's just not a trope. It's a story. He's a sentry. Someone dies. Now he's, a- he's active. He has to go, go fight, whatever. It's not that there's not a cohesive story being told. It's just not a trope. It's not a, it's not a horror trope, which what was there. 
Okay, next, Tormented Pariah, 3 hour for a 3-2 human warrior. It's a werewolf. Uh, and then it turns into a rampaging werewolf, 6-4. So a lot of werewolves, we did this aesthetic thing where we connected the power and the toughness uh, on both sides. Uh, a lot of them got changed during development because development will override stuff when they're trying to fix things. That Having a balanced card sometimes fix, will override some aesthetic stuff. But this card, it has it. 3-2 doubles into a 6-4. Okay, travel preparations. One green sorcery. Put a plus one plus one counter on up to two creatures. Flashback, one W, so two mana. So this is the green-white crossover um, flashback card. So basically what it's trying to do is the humans are all about getting stronger and bigger over time. This is putting counters on things where the green-white likes counters. So uh, the green-white card. Now, once again, this is the kind of card where you don't have to have white to play it. Uh, you don't have to have green technically to play it, but... Uh, you probably want green in this, with this card. Um, but it's definitely better when you get the second boost of it. Tree of Redemption. Three green for a plant. Zero thirteen with Defender. Tap. Exchange your life total with card name's Toughness. Uh, this card was not made by design. This card was made in development, I think, through hole filling. Uh, it is a weird card. Um, I remember when I was asked about this card, it is, it is not particularly tropey. Uh, there's not a lot of, like, there's no, like, Remember the story where this happened? Um, but it was weird and quirky, and it played into the themes of the set, and it, it was kind of fun. And you, know, you definitely like having a few cards where you read it for the first time, and you're like, really? You know, and this was one of those. I thought it was, it was a fun card. It was not particularly tropey. Um, but it had a little bit of, like, there's a tree of life. And, you know, I mean, there's a, there, it was kind of trope adjacent, if not exactly on the trope. So it was, it was definitely cool, though. Trepanation Blade. So this is an artifact equipment for three... Uh, when a equipped creature attacks, defending player reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal a land. And then a equipped creature gets plus one, plus zero for each, re- each revealed card. Those cards all go to the graveyard. So the idea is, at worst, it's plus one, plus zero when it attacks. It could be as high as whatever. Um, I, I've, got th- I've got this card as high as, I think, plus ten. Anyway, this card was created by Richard Garfield, and it was called Chainsaw. This was Chainsaw. In fact, I still call it Chainsaw when I play it. Um, chainsaws, though, not super fantasy. I actually changed it during design because I knew we'd never get chainsaw through to like um, something like what was it called? Like spinning, spinning blades or something. Something in which a na- I changed it to a name that I, like sounded like maybe something we'd make and like imagine it was more, you know, gas powered or something, something along the line that we would do or steam powered. Something that some kind of shenanigan that we would do in an real artifact that kind of had the idea of rotating blades, if not exactly a chainsaw. But anyway, a trepanation blade is some kind of curved blade that is designed to do extra damage when it goes in. So they were trying to get something that they thought had some sort of spiritual connection to a, a chainsaw. Uh, without me telling people, I just don't know you'll see it. It's kind of tough. Although, I guess the thing does do damage by going and rotating things. So the, the, the creative team was trying hard to find a gothic horror version of a chainsaw. Okay, Ulvenald Mystics are two green green three three that turn into five five werewolves that turn into five five regenerators. That for a green can regenerate. Um, this is another one where I think in the original we tried to do three three into six six and six six was just a little too powerful, so we weren't able to do it. Um, but anyway, uh, it turned out actually be a very interesting. I, I like that werewolf. Unbreathing Horror, two block for a zero zero zombie. It enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter for every zombie you control and every zombie in your graveyard. And then if dealt damage, instead of dying, you just remove one plus one, plus one counter to stop all the damage. So the idea is, this is, 
basically, this is supposed to be your finisher card for your zombie deck. It's like, once I hit you with tons and tons and tons of zombies, then this thing comes out. It's giant, because I have all these zombies that are dead, uh, or are living. And then uh, it's really hard to kill. And so th- this definitely represented yet another sort of a zombie horde all-in-one card. Um, at one point, it covered just zombies in play, and we decided that really needed to count zombies in Graveyard. A, for flavor, and B, just because what we want to do... The idea of a zombie deck is you don't care that you're losing zombies. You're just wearing them down with your zombies, much like a true zombie in horror movies, that the zombies wear you down. And you can't, you can't care about losing any one zombie. And so this card does a good thing of saying, whatever, your zombies die, I don't care. I'll, I'll, when I come out, for every zombie that you have, living or dead, I'm just, that's one more hit I get. You know, one more damage you have to do to me before I'm dead. And the more zombies have, just the bigger it is, the harder it is to deal with. Unburial, unburial Rites is a sorcery for four black, five mana, Put a creature card from the graveyard onto the battlefield. Flashback three, three and a white. So black and white both have reanimation. Uh, black is primary, white is secondary. Um, often we limit white to re- reanimating smaller creatures, but but every once in a while, in fact, the way back in alpha, it gets to reanimate larger things from time to time. And so we definitely put it here. It's on the the flashback side, so it's a little harder to use in white. But the idea is a black white deck definitely can make use of that. Unruly mob, 1W, 1-1-human. Whenever another creature dies, it gets a plus-one, plus-one counter. This was... So we made two angry mobs, and then I think they got rid of the wrong angry mob. I would have much, much rather this card change into something else, or this card be the defensive defensive guard or whatever, um, because all the double-faced cards were playing directly into trope. So that's why the other card changed. If I had understood what was going on before it was too late, I would have strongly recommended killing this card. In fact, if I'd known what would have happened, I would never have made this card Angry Mob. I thought it was okay to have multiple Angry Mobs because it's white can have a lot of Angry Mobs, I thought. But anyway. Urgent Exorcism. 1W instant, 2 mana. Destroy target spirit or an enchantment. Uh, from time to time, I, I want to make sure that every set has cards that just you can only make in that set. This is a card that's really flavorful but only makes sense here. It's not something you can do in a normal set. So I, w- I was happy to have it happen. Um... Victim of the Night, Black Black Instant, destroy target non-vampire werewolf or zombie. Well, one of the funs of having white kill them is having black not kill them. And so there definitely was a schism between sometimes you wanted monsters and sometimes you didn't. Sometimes it was in your favor and sometimes it wasn't. So sometimes having a vampire werewolf or zombie was good, like this card couldn't kill it, and sometimes it was bad because other cards like in white could. Village Cannibals, two black for a 2-2 human. Whenever another human dies, it gets a plus one, plus one counter. So this one wins for what I think is the creepiest art in the set, uh, which is just a bunch of people standing over, you, you the viewer, POV, of these people standing over you, and you get the sense that you're kind of sick, and they're just waiting for you to die. <laughs> um, the, this card would be very, very important. It would fuel the black-white deck come Dark Ascension. Um, one of the things we like to do when we get um, the expansion is we shift some things up a little bit. Uh, when I get to Dark Ascension, uh, Dark Ascension, sorry, when I get to Dark Ascension design, I'll talk about it, but the Village Cannibals... Uh, was a very, very important card of defining a deck uh, to come later. Village Ironsmith is a 1R11 human werewolf with first strike that turns into a 3-1 werewolf with first strike. Um, so, uh, one of the things we definitely played around with is a couple different ways to get werewolves. The interesting thing about this werewolf is he doesn't get any tougher, um, but he, because he has first strike, getting bigger makes him much more powerful. So he's not a 3-3, so he's just as easily... If your opponent has direct damage or something to get rid of, but in combat, uh, he gets a much, much harder because a 1 1 first striker is much easier to deal with than a 3 1 first striker. Um, and the one of the things we try to do with the werewolves is definitely 
they all get better. You want to make them to werewolves, and they're always problematic once you make them werewolves. But we want to shake it up a little bit, so there's just some different flavor of how you're doing it. Okay, next. Village of Estewal. The two green for a 2-3. Human werewolf turns into a 4-6. Huzzah! Another one that stayed where it doubles. So we had a 3-2 that came 6-4. We have a 2-3 becomes a 4-6. One's in red, one's in green. Little, little, whenever you can do a little mirroring, that's always fun. Walking corpse. One black for a 2-2. Okay, if I told you that this card was... No card caused more arguments in R&D during Innistrad design and development than this card. And the big question is, we had never before made one black 2-2 vanilla in black. We'd never done a, a, a grizzly bear um, in black before. And there's a lot of debate. Like, was black supposed to do it? Clearly, green is the best at... Um, green and white are the two best creature colors, and they both get it. And it's like, oh, can black do this? And there's a big, big debate. Now, once we've crossed the Rubicon, black does it all the time now. It's now just, yeah, black can do it. But it's a big deal at the time. Like I said, if you asked me the cards that got the most discussions in Innistrad, that probably had the most arguments, I don't know if you'd pick the 2-2 vanilla creature. Okay, next. Witchbane Orb. Four mana for an artifact. Uh, enters the battlefield, destroys all curses on you. Um, so we made this card because it was flavorful. The idea of the amulet protects you from curses. The problem was curses just weren't a big enough thing to warrant, like, hosing them. So, I mean, I guess if, you're, if you're a, uh, your friend at the kitchen table just loves making cur- curse decks and you're sick and tired of the curse decks, oh, I keep losing the curse deck, this is an answer to it. But I kind of, I mean, I like the flavor of the card, but I don't tend to like making answers to things that kind of aren't particularly all that threading, threatful. Like, curses just aren't that powerful that it really needs a card to hose them. Um, that said, it's, it's pretty flavorful. Okay, next. Wooden Stake. Uh, an artifact creature that costs two. A creature gets plus one, plus zero. Uh, if it gets in a fight with a vampire, it kills the vampire. And that uh, vampire cannot be regenerated. Uh, equip one. Uh, so, we knew we were going to do Wooden Stake. We, we said, oh, we want to make equipment for Innistrad. Wooden Stake was on the list. Uh, and in fact, it almost made itself. It like, what is a Wooden Stake going to do? Well, clearly, clearly, clearly it's killing vampires. That's why we made it in the first place. And, okay, a little tiny boost, so there's a reason to put it on your, your thing. Plus one, plus oh, so, you know, seen more offensive than defensive. Uh, and so, and it's one of those cards, like, sometimes, sometimes you struggle to make a card. Sometimes it's like, what exactly does this do? And sometimes it's like, it just makes itself. And this is one of those cards. Okay, which leads us to our final card. And I'm happy because I'm, I'm driving up to Wizards as we speak. I had a lot to get through today. And I, that's why I was, if you notice, I kept the pace up because I had a lot of cards to get through. I knew today was the final day. And I, I didn't want to leave any card out. So we get to the final card. Wreath of Geist. For some reason, it's hard to say. Wreath of Geist is an enchantment, an aura, for green. Enchant creature goes plus X, plus X, where X is the number of cards in your graveyard. So this is kind of uh, uh, a make me a Lorgoyf, a card that turns you into a Lorgoyf, or turns you into uh, Innistrad's version of Lorgoyf, which, which is plus X, plus X, and only cares about your graveyard. Um, so this is a green aura that matches the creature, which says, okay, hey, one of the reasons you want dead things into your thing is because it just makes you, you stronger, and this was in order to do that. So that was pretty fun. Woo! Okay, with that said, I have gotten through all the cards of Innistrad. So my, my final thing is I, I have made a lot of magic sets. I'm proud of a lot of magic sets. But if I think I, if you, you say to me, okay, in all honesty, what is the best, what is the best set you've ever made, purely from a just quality standpoint, like, you have to pick one as the best set you've ever done, um, probably it's Innistrad, I mean, there's other sets near and dear to my heart, but I think, just objectively from a, 
like what is what will stand the test of time and just being an awesome, awesome set. Um, I, I believe in Estrad. Um, and it's funny, like I said, uh, I spent some time, I really had a fight to convince that Gothic Horror was going to be a fun thing to do. And uh, you have to actually thank, um, what's the name of the vampire movie? Uh, see, I blinked from my brain because uh, I don't want to remember it. But Jacob and um, Edward and Bella, Twilight. Uh, the success of Twilight, which got Hollywood to just start doing a lot more horror. There was a big rise in horror. And it was that swelling of pop culture horror that allowed me to go to the powers that be and said, come on, look how much people like horror out in the real world that got them to go, okay, I guess we'll make a horror set. So uh, if, if you've always cursed Twilight under your breath, there's one good thing Twilight did, which is help get us into stride. But anyway, I am in my parking space, so we all know what that means. That means it's time for me to end my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time.